I'm Mark Walsh, and coming up on today's show... So it's supposed to be an issue-based argument. In exchange for that, it's freedom of speech. In exchange for that, you do not have to disclose the donors. Now, that has created a situation that is problematic because now we don't know, in many cases, who is trying to influence public debate. Welcome to What's Working in Washington on Federal News Network and streaming as a podcast. It's What's Working in Washington. I'm your host, Mark Walsh. Today's show is really, really interesting with our old friend, David Jones. David is a partner at Capital Council, a lobbying firm here in Washington, D.C., and a real player in the Democratic political campaign and legislative arena. Now, his colleagues represent both R's and D's, so I don't want to say it's about democratic politics because it's not. But one thing David and I touch on a lot, and you'll find very interesting, is transparency and fundraising. Why? There are eye-popping amounts of dollars being raised around candidates and issues. And some of those issues are getting dark money, as they say, that are funding them. So transparency and who's giving what about what is one of the things we talk about. And secondly, you'll find an informative about, about what a lobbyist actually does. Believe me, David is the insider. He'll tell you what a lobbyist actually does every day. Here's our conversation. David, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mark. It's good to be back uh, on air with you. Exactly. It seems like it was only yesterday that we were on air in a different network on a different topic in a different year. But we're back live here to talk about what's working in Washington. As you know, this is listened to by people outside of the district, but the district sometimes gets a pretty bad rap for being stuck today mm-hmm. with divisiveness and a lack of continuity and certainly a lack of productivity. You deal with a lot of elected folks who care about legislative issues. For instance, you and I were just together at a dinner with Senator Mark Warner of Virginia, mm-hmm. somebody I respect and I know you do as well. Can you give us a flavor, maybe a glimmer of sunlight, that there's some productivity on the Hill in legislative issues that you and your colleagues at Capitol Council care about? Well, you know, first off, I like what you're doing here. You know, Thank so you. much is negative. Yep. You know, whether it's inside baseball or not, so much of what's talked about regarding the federal government is uh, is negative because that's an easier default position right. uh, to go to. So the fact that you're trying to bring, uh, you know, bring up what's happening that's positive which so much of what the government does and so much of what the uh, federal workforce does is positive, is great. So I'm glad that your show is uh, is dedicated uh, to that. I think there's a lot of positive things happening. Uh, just this past Monday, I did want to tell you and your listeners, because some of them may be involved in this, uh, just this, uh, this past Monday, the uh, Presidential Rank Awards were given out to over 200 uh, federal government senior executive service uh, members uh, by the president. Those awards are uh, were established by the Civil Service Reform Act of 1978, and uh, over 200 uh, SES uh, staff uh, received them. And uh, well, Let's break in. SES, senior executive service. Right. That's a career-level job. It's a career-level right? job, yep. And that's sort of the top tier. How does one become one? Well, I mean, uh, the SES folks are civil servants, most of them. Yep. And uh, and when you get a presidential rank award for long term and distinguished service, and for any agency or the any agency, almost every agency. I've got the list here. It's too obviously too numerous to mention, Uh, but uh, every agency gets them. They're they're uh, the 
the administrator of it is OPM, the Office of Personnel sure. Management. But the president, in the end, selects the Presidential Rank Award recipients. Got it. And uh, this past Monday, over 200 uh, folks from all over the federal government were uh, were awarded Presidential Rank Awards. The, uh, uh, just I could name some if you wanted me to, but well, but, I'm sure every agency has. I mean, DoD, Agriculture, Education, my alma mater, the Small Business Administration. It's great, and and the president sends them some form of recognition, or what's the what's yeah, the actual the pres- process? This this uh, was a, a virtual ceremony yeah, because yeah. there were so many people being honored, uh, but uh, the president gives them uh, a virtual award, and uh, obviously they get acknowledged by their peers. But it's a good thing because so many people uh, we we acknowledge the. Uh, as we should, uh, the military and personnel serving overseas. Uh, but so many times we do not acknowledge the service of uh, your your everyday average uh, uh, government employee who is working so hard for the for the American people. So, so in preparation for this, I uh, I, I just found out about this obviously uh, late last week. So it's not a well known award. Uh, but it is inside the federal government. It is the highest level award a uh, civilian uh, a civil servant can attain. Far out. It's the and Academy uh, Awards there of you uh, go. career. So um, there you are. And Let's I'm sure nobody gets slapped. Some That's of your all I'm listeners, say. Yeah, right. So, yeah, right. Some of your listeners probably received them or were involved in some way. Right. Uh, so, uh, so that's a positive. And uh, uh, I know uh, – um, in our previous shows, we never talked about anything like this, but uh, no, it's good. But, uh, it is you're, good. No, you're absolutely right. I listen, as you know, I spent a short, glorious period of time as a political appointee, and back then, under the final two years of the Obama administration, they had some award programs. I don't recall rank, but I'm sure that some of my colleagues must have been nominated for it who were SES or uh, aspired to be SES. So, yes, uh, uh, rewarding excellence is something we can always pay attention to, but. Let's talk about issues. I know at Capitol Council, you and your colleagues and other other law firms and, and lobbying firms in the D.C. area, what are some of the hot-button issues that you're seeing across, not necessarily with your colleagues at Capitol Council, but kind of across the across the uh, uh, the universe, so to speak, what are some hot-button issues that you're seeing out there that maybe we have some progress on, on bipartisan legislation and behavior? Well, appropriations, obviously, last year was yeah. bipartisan uh effort. Uh, transportation, the transportation bill, yep. the largest transportation bill in, in history. Uh, and right now, as you probably are aware, uh, DOT and DOE are in the midst of a massive hiring to handle uh, yep. all of the uh, all of the infrastructure work that's being done. So they're in a process of doing that. I think the most, that's probably the most illustrative uh, bipartisan victory that's that's happened, uh, but also we had the uh, the the omnibus appropriations bill yep. that happened, uh, and the president signed that earlier this year, and that was a bipartisan uh, effort. I don't know if we're going to see a bipartisan appropriations bill uh, yeah. uh, this year because obviously the Republicans believe uh, that they're going to take back the House. Yeah. So uh, why 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 put the effort into a bipartisan uh, agreement when you can wait? Uh, when you're in control. So yeah. I think we may see a, uh, a continuing resolution uh, towards the, the fall uh, to kick it into next year. Uh, but uh, but we'll see what happens. But I would say um, the omnibus, the, uh, the infrastructure, and then, of course, the Ukraine. And what's, yeah. what's happening on that? I'll return to that. But continuing resolution, 
the ever-known CR, as they mm-hmm. call it. Talk our our listeners through what happens there. Is that effectively a Band-Aid on a gap between the two parties? And is it just an implementation so money continues to be spent? What, what does CR mean? A continuing resolution keeps spending levels at current levels. Okay. Uh, meaning that right now we're operating on a, a, the, the – the omnibus and, and and other bills that were passed earlier this year and last year, uh, and when the uh, the new fiscal year starts in October, uh, something has got to uh, keep it going. Keep it going. Yeah. And the way they usually keep it going, as many of your listeners will know, is uh, they'll just pass a continuing resolution for a certain amount of time to kind of kick the can down the road. Yeah. Now, now, for years, uh, appropriations was run basically by continuing resolution. That's all they did was was keep kicking it down the uh, you know kicking it down the road by passing a patch for a month, patch for 6 months, 2 weeks, 2 days, whatever it might be, uh, and keeping spending levels at uh, at wherever they're at. Uh, but uh, this year it it worked a little bit differently, which was uh, which was a positive. So I played golf on Saturday with your old, I'm sorry, Friday with your old friend Tom O'Donnell. Mm-hmm. Uh, he sends his best. Let's go a little bit personal here for just a second. Now, Tom spends a lot of time, as you know, he's one of many on, on elections and mm-hmm. candidates. Mm-hmm. Do you and your colleagues get in that area or are you more about legislation and affecting perceptions, outcomes in that arena? Yeah, well, our firm is a federal lobbying firm yeah. and we work across the across the board on everything from tax policy to appropriations and health care and uh, along those lines. So the, our firm basically works under the dome, as it were. Okay. We work uh, in the House and Senate uh, and uh, trying, to, trying to impact policy and uh, decisions uh, for our clients. Uh, so that's, you know, that's, that's what we do. Um, if you're involved in Washington or involved in lobbying, you're involved in politics. Yeah. So, of course, uh, I, I get involved in all sorts of uh, campaigns. Yeah. Uh, I, I love being involved in campaigns. I started as a uh, uh, as a campaign guy uh, for Senator Tom Harkin. Tom uh, Harkin. Yeah. Wow. Many, many, many years ago. Uh, and I worked with Senator Harkin uh, on, on his campaign. Dick Gephardt, who was the leader of the House, and Max Baucus, who was chairman of finance, and Charlie Rangels, chairman of Ways and Means. So, uh, you know, so I enjoy, I really enjoy the... Uh, uh, the political uh, part of it, the rough and tumble, as they say. Yeah, yeah, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. It's, uh, uh, you know, it's. I, I learn more about uh, politics working as a field guy in Iowa than I ever did uh, in Washington D.C. You learn a ton being involved on a campaign. Yeah, especially well, especially there. as a young person. Let's go there because campaigns are different today than when you started. I'll bet. I think that's it's hard to argue that. A money. Mm-hmm. B, the just the bile and the negative, to our point, we started our conversation, some of the neg- negativity. What do you think uh, today's version of David Jones, uh, who's working for a campaign in Iowa, the fresh face, fresh out of Cutsdown State, 23-year-old, going to change the world. Is that young man or woman l- losing faith in the system? Because sometimes you see that here. They see a different kind of campaigning that, than, than you saw when you started. You know, I really worry about that. I I worry about the uh, people losing faith in the system. I think if you're not worried about that now, then you're not paying attention. I'm on the board of the Gephardt Institute now at at Washington University, and the whole effort there, it's a nonpartisan 
organizations, part of Washington U and St. Louis, and the entire thing is to build up civic engagement with uh, between students and the local community in St. Louis. Yeah, right. Because uh, you know it's just so important to be civically involved. I worry a little bit that people have completely uh, lost faith. Uh, they're losing faith in, in democracy and uh, and young people because they all they all people see now is folks screaming at each other. Yeah, right. And uh, and that's what they see on. On the networks, on social media, yeah, uh, it's a it's a it's a feedback loop. It's a, so I worry about that. I'll say even even me, uh, and I'm not that old, but yeah, you are. I, I interacted when I was a staffer. I basically interacted with Democrats. Yeah, it took me becoming a uh, going into business and being a lobbyist to have uh, partners. I mean, our firm is 50 percent Republicans, 50 percent Democrats. So you you have to work with everybody across the aisle yeah. uh, here to get anything done. The the average person out in the street knows that you have to work with 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 folks, but it, it's become so polarized. I'm really concerned with it. So let's talk about polarization and money. Um, again, I'll just visit the the young David Jones hitting the hitting the streets in Iowa in whatever year it was for Senator Tom Harkin raising money. Then what you spent money on, how much money it took to win per race. Today, I think you're seeing some eye-popping budgets for some of these races. It must be incredible for you to see this kind of dollar of uh, figures being tossed around. Yeah, and when I talk to some of the people I used to work for, the the, the money now is so unbelievably out of control. It's uh, you know, it's it's just it's it's just unreasonable, uh, and the lack of reporting requirements. Ah, it, you know, uh, yeah. the lack of reporting requirements, and, and, and I'll answer your question early. If I could wave a wand on one thing in campaign finance, it would be they need to disclose, need to disclose where money is going. See, now you jump ahead, Jonesy. Well, Our guest is David Jones, a partner of Capital Council. No, no, we're going to return to that. Yeah. But we're going to take a break. We're talking with David Jones, a partner of Capital Council here in Washington, D.C., talking about politics, the future of bipartisanship, all sorts of important stuff. We'll have more of that conversation after this. Every week on What's Working in Washington, we talk to power players about innovation in the federal government and how business in the region is keeping us competitive. If you are a D.C. insider and want to know what leaders in other industries are talking about, we give you that insight. If you know someone we should be talking to on our show, let us know. We want perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. You can reach out through our website or through Twitter. And we love bringing those new voices to our audience. We look forward to hearing from you. What's working in Washington? I'm your host, Mark Walsh. And again, we're so excited to have in the studio with us David Jones, an old friend of the program, an old friend of mine. David is a partner at Capital Council here in Washington, D.C., a lobbying legislative firm of great repute. And uh, David Jones and I have labored in many, many venues trying to make Washington a better place. Although you do it every single day, I try and jump in and occasionally help out with my time, my talent, and my treasure, as they say. But 
I think I failed you in a couple of times, but when we stopped before, we were talking about transparency in funding mm-hmm. and some of the eye-popping numbers that surround campaigns these days versus mm-hmm. what would have been a budget when you first got into mm-hmm. politics mm-hmm. low these many years ago. And the we were talking about C3s versus C4s. Tell our listeners the difference between a C3 and a C4. Well, a 501C4 would be an entity would be uh, – Issue based, supposed to be an issue based advocacy organization. Okay. All right, where you would not have to disclose who your donors are. But when you say advocacy, it is promoting a certain law or to be passed or uh, yeah, repealed or whatever. Promoting a certain uh, a law a or, or a particular issue. Yeah. Right? So you're not supposed to uh, politic with it. You're not supposed to say, uh, you know, vote for Susan or vote for yeah, yeah. Congressman Smith does not support this, vote against them. You You're not supposed to say that. Yeah, you cannot do vote against or vote for, right? So so it's supposed to be an issue-based argument. In exchange for that, it's freedom of speech. In exchange for that, you do not have to disclose the donors. Now, that has created a situation that is problematic because now we don't know, in many cases, who is trying to influence public debate. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a very, uh, I think, a very problematic uh, situation. It's very tricky, too, uh, because there are a lot of legitimate C4s out there yes. that are working on issues. There are a lot of legitimate C4s, but there are also some being abused. Uh, and I know the, the IRS tried to wade into this issue a few years ago, and, you know, that didn't go too well. Yeah. Uh, so, well, let's go there. Who, yeah. who polices this behavior? Is it the IRS or are there others? Well, the IRS uh, is uh, supposed to do it. FEC, uh, Federal Election Commission, are they supposed to? The, the Federal Election Commission, that's more campaigns. Okay. You know, and, uh, and, and that Federal Election Commission is supposed to handle campaigns. It's been a sort of a toothless organization for a long time. Yep. Uh, but, uh, but anyway, C4s are, 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 are the biggest concern I have. Now, C3s obviously are tax deductible. Yep. Uh, you also don't have to declare uh, uh, who who gives. So I think I think there's been abuse at those levels. Uh, I, I, that said, uh, there's been a lot of uh, a positive use of those organizations. But I would say uh, the biggest problem now uh, for for me in campaign finance is the uh, the extraordinary level of money going into 501c4s, 501c3s uh, that that's being misused. So can you put the toothpaste back in the tube on this? I mean, is there any legislation, any behavior, any anything on the horizon that might make this better? I don't see anything on the horizon okay. happening. You Bummer. Know, I suppose with this Supreme Court, I, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't see anything. And, and that, that's a real problem is, is campaign finance. I mean, when I was doing it, we were raising a lot of money, right? But now it's just out of control and a lot of members – if if you're running for for elected office, and you're not out there raising money half the time, you're not doing your job. You're not doing your job. Yeah. And uh, well, here's another example I'd love to drill down on you with. And our guest today is David Jones. David's a partner of Capital Council here in Washington D.C. And what's working in Washington is the theme. So let's stay positive here. But I noticed that in some cases, you and I have, uh, or you've you've hosted, and I've attended uh, fundraisers for a PAC, mm-hmm. Political Action Committee. And some very famous names of great senators or congresspeople or others that we know sort of sponsor the PAC. Is that typical for sitting legislators to be affiliated with the PAC and raise money? And what happens to that money? 
They're leadership hacks. Uh, okay. And they use uh, – most of them use them to use the money raised for, for a leadership pack to help their colleagues. Okay. Uh, and to travel politically. Yep. And do political activity. So I'm all for that. That's not th- – there's no problem. Getting, Are those transparent and who do – Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Those, uh, everybody that donates to a, uh, a leadership uh, pack is disclosed, right? Yeah. Just like everybody uh, that gives to a campaign. Yeah. Uh, if you're giving to Mark Warner's campaign, uh, that's going to be – that's public record. If you're giving to Mark Warner's leadership pack, that's public record. Right. Uh, and uh, and so it, it, the, the best thing we could do uh, outside of changing the C4 rules uh, is to, I think, make it uh, public who's giving the money to these political committees. But as I said – that's a very sticky topic. Yeah. And there's constitutional issues in there uh, and uh, probably wouldn't pass muster from the Supreme Court. So so uh, I, I think uh, talking about positive things, uh, I, I'm not sure that's going to really right. happen. But I think uh, disclosure, uh, not the dollar amount itself, but the disclosure participation of All it right. uh, is, is the best. Thing One last do. point on this, and that is. Um, I'm sure there's a very thin line between a C4 saying I support Second Amendment rights and vote for Congressman Wilson in District 27 because he or she is pro-gun. Mm-hmm. And that thin line is probably – I think a lot of people creep right up to it. Mm-hmm. And that's – is that part of your point about who's policing the difference between the first sentence and the second sentence? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I, the, that's, I think that's, that's the issue. Uh, there's some fuzziness there. You know, um, so – and, and and you're restricted in terms of how much money you can give to the federal committees, the Republican National Committee, Democratic National Committee. Yeah. You're restricted on the dollar amount. Really, I think would be the McCain-Feingold uh, was well-intended. Yeah. But I think it, it made the system worse. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, McCain-Feingold uh, made fundraisers far more important. Yep. Uh, so – well, you're good at it, so I'm glad that you're more important. And let's I'm going to put you on the griddle a little bit. Once again, we're talking with David Jones, partner of Capital Council. You got a D in your sweater last time I checked. Mm-hmm. So um, what are some of your thoughts on potential national candidates coming out of the Democratic Party, be it in 2024? Uh, well, obviously, President Biden runs a re-election, but 2028 and beyond. I know you and I have spent some time at the Democratic Governors Association, obviously the DCCC, DSEC, DNC, all the Ds. Who, who are some of the, the future champions that you might mention? Well, and, and look, I don't want to put you on the spot, but there's some name, there's some famous names. And just I'm just interested in I'll your thoughts. I'll tell you one on- that, 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 that I hope still runs uh, that people say won't now, but I really hope he does. And that's Terry McAuliffe. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, uh, McAuliffe uh, lost to uh, uh, Governor Yunkin uh, in uh, Virginia. And uh, he lost despite getting more votes than any other uh, Virginia candidate in, in history, uh, statewide. Yeah. And uh, by he got 300,000 more votes than Phil Murphy, the governor in uh, New Jersey. I'll be darned. Last year. So, you know, I, I hope specifically that uh, Terry McAuliffe runs for president despite the setback in, in uh, Virginia. I think he would be a, a great uh, moderate job creator. And uh, I hope he runs, and uh, I think he would do uh, very well. 
Richard Nixon lost the governorship of California and then ran for president successfully in 1968. Not that Terry McAuliffe is Richard Nixon, but I'm just saying there certainly is a legacy in America of folks who stumbled at a state level and then returned to the national scene. So he's won. Other names, I mean, I'm a big Gina Raimondo fan. If you know uh, former Governor Raimondo of of, uh, Rhode Island and now Secretary Raimondo, are there others that you guys pay attention to at Capitol Council? Well, we're, you know, bipartisan uh, of course. organization. Uh, so we Duly noted. Yeah, we focus on both sides of the aisle, yeah. both houses of, uh, of Congress, both chambers of Congress, and the administration uh, if, if, we, uh, if we need to. So really, we're more focused on uh, the Senate and the House, too. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, there are a, a number of races uh, in the Senate. The Senate— uh, Despite conventional wisdom, the Democrats still have a chance uh, to to hold the Senate. Okay, I would uh, I would say the chances are against them, but they do have a, a chance of of holding the Senate. Uh, so that's where we're. I mean, that's that's where Got at it. least my uh, you know Democratic partners are focused on on House and Senate. Uh, we're talking with David Jones, a partner at Capitol Council here in Washington D.C. We've had some discussions on what's working in Washington, which shockingly is the name of the show. We have a few moments left. Um, tell me some of the, in a given week, what are some of the highlights that you, David Jones, might, might might see? I know it's probably a job of small victories leading up to some major issues, but would you have a visit with a legislator that legislator that turns out well? Would you raise some more money for somebody you care about? What are some wins you might see in a given week? Well, that, that's a great thing about what, you know, what I do. Obviously, there's no one day that's the same. Good. Right? You'll be focused on... Uh, Politics and process, policy, uh, all in the same day. And it's just a lot of, you know, politics and campaigns and lobbying uh, is does not have to be uh, miserable. Yeah. You can enjoy Good. yourself and have fun. Yeah. What I like most about it is you get to work on so many different issues in, a, you know, in a given day. I love and it. So. That's what that's that's uh, and at night I'll go out. I'll, I'll be hosting a fundraising dinner. I've been to them. Uh, you know, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, you have many yes. of them. Yeah. You know, it's it's a lot of work, but it's varied and it's interesting. And you work on all different policy uh, items for corporations, individuals, foundations, nonprofits, small Beautiful. businesses, large businesses. All right. So you already we're going to wrap quickly with this. You already telegraphed it. But if you could wave a magic wand, you ran the world for one day. Would transparency and donations be one of your key issues you would you would love to see? I I, I yeah. would uh, I I would I would say that that would be an important uh, limitations would be uh, to it would be uh, yeah. it would be important but I would say transparency and where where money money is going to donor money in terms of C fours and C threes now a lot of constitutional issues there yeah uh, and such but, but I would say politically. Uh, that's what I would say. And I would say that we would have more, you know, faith in democracy uh, across the board uh, from uh, from young people, especially. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but everybody uh, I'm I'm worried about. I'm worried about faith in democracy. And this is this experiment is not necessarily permanent. David Jones, you the man. Thanks for being on the show today. Thank you. The team behind What's Working in Washington is a great group. The executive producer and editor is Tracy Madigan. Online content, Anna DeGraff. And that theme music you enjoy, performed by the Sunbathers.
You've been listening to What's Working in Washington on Federal News Network and streaming as a podcast.